0: Welcome to the Gateway House podcast. My name is Vipritap and I'm your host for this show. Today we'll be discussing last week's important foreign policy news, which was President Trump's announcement of his Afghanistan and South Asia policy. Here to discuss this further is Ambassador Neelam Deo, Director at Gateway House. Ambassador, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us on this topic. Pleasure to be with you. Ambassador, you were in the United States when the policy was, uh, was announced. Um, What are your initial thoughts on this?
1: You know, uh, anything that President uh, Trump says or does is uh, totally personalized here in the United States. Uh, uh, The general public was not very interested in the policy uh, announcements relating to Afghanistan, except for those who felt that he should have kept his campaign promise of actually withdrawing Uh, and then of course there was a whole set of uh, critics who said it's the same old policy as if you can build a whole new narrative about a war uh, which they now call america's longest war it's gone on for more than 16 years so uh, i think it didn't make a great impact uh, uh, in terms of in a popular sense among people but there have been uh, uh, quite a lot of interesting comments uh, by experts, by the mainstream uh, media. And uh, those have tended to be uh, on the political side that the commentator belongs to. Um, it's uh, it's interesting that he actually came out and said that he was uh, changing his mind uh, on the policy towards Afghanistan based on what the local commanders have recommended and because he uh, thinks uh, that It would not be uh, right at this moment to just walk out, because that will end up in an Iraq-type situation which generated uh, ISIL. So I would say that uh, there was not too much interest, but what there was tended to personalize. Did the president stay on message? Did he wander off? Did he say things which seemed to be irrelevant? Uh, And that kind of reaction
0: um you so you've sort of uh, touched upon what I, what I wanted to ask you in the first question which is what are the kind of implications uh, that that we could see for the United States as a result of this policy flip you you've mentioned that it uh, the campaign aspect of it as well as the sort of international standing but are there any other implications
1: Yes, I, I think the most important is where the president said that they would move from a time-based a situation-based uh, policy, uh, which means that it is open-ended, despite the fact that he said it wasn't an open check and all that kind of thing. But uh, the fact is that once you move uh, uh, to a situation-based policy, then the situation uh, must improve substantially before you can credibly pull out. But I think the other implications would be that the heat Again, President Trump did not mention the number of troops that would be increased in Afghanistan, adding to the approximately 7,000 who are already there. Uh, The experts uh, here are uh, saying that maybe around 4,000 more will be added. Now, this is not a very big number. When you think that in 2011, there were 100,000 American troops and, you know, Then about 40,000 more from NATO and other countries, which were supporting uh, the mission. And then there were twice that many contract employees uh, in Afghanistan. So this number is not going to make a big difference, but the military has been given a free hand. The number of civilian casualties in Afghanistan has already increased sharply because the targets of bombing are not being controlled as tightly as they were under President Obama. Uh, The other aspect which I think is important is that the role of American troops uh, will go beyond the train uh, and support of Afghan National Army to include more artillery and uh, air support. And the air support will be very important because that is what has been lacking. Uh, And the reason why the Afghan National Army which fights bravely but has not had adequate uh, uh, air support uh, in the past. Uh, I think that uh, Trump is hoping that they can negotiate with the Taliban from a position of strength. Uh, That that is problematic because the Taliban controls, I think, the exact figures the American intelligence mentions. Is 11 percent of territory, 29 percent is contested between the Afghan National Army and troops that supported and the Taliban. So that brings about 40 percent of the country which uh, really is in the hands of the Taliban. So that leaves mostly cities, especially Kabul, with the Afghan government. Uh, and this situation, to change this situation, to hope to change it with an additional 4,000 troops, it's probably like whistling in the dark.
0: Um. Now, during his speech, uh, President Trump referred to the 2011 uh, troop with Jolf in Iraq and the subsequent rise of ISIS. Um, he cited these two things as a reason for a change for his change in policy. But you know, it's uh, it's it's one thing to compare to look at Iraq, and it's another thing to apply that those uh, conclusions to Afghanistan. Is there any merit in comparing these situations to uh, Afghanistan?
1: You know, I think you're exactly right that there are some points of comparison, but there are also big differences. Uh, There's no question that uh, the impact of ISIS in Afghanistan is increasing. And you saw that in the latest attack two days ago on a Shia mosque in Kabul itself, which is the one most secure part of the country. Um, So in Iraq, the difference was that ISIL grew out of the disenfranchised uh, Sunni army uh, uh, officers after the American invasion. Uh, In the case of uh, Afghanistan, of course, by the time ISIL, the Khorasan army, came to Afghanistan, The situation is already so disturbed, the society is so fractured, that uh, the probability of terrorist groups finding safe haven is high. And Trump himself referred to some 23 uh, designated uh, terrorist groups in Afghanistan, of a total of about 60 around the world. And these groups are all jostling for dominance at all times. So there is a point of comparison, but at the same time, There are uh, differences. But uh, the chaos and the corruption in the government in Afghanistan and and the state of the society is such that safe haven is always a possibility for uh, a determined uh, set of uh, people who are looking. And and the Taliban response to uh, President Trump's uh, change in policy has been that they will continue fighting till all American troops leave Afghanistan. So, as you know, terrorists move between groups. One day Taliban, tomorrow ISIL, third day, you know, <laughs> attacking of Pakistan. So it's difficult to uh, be so precise.
0: Now, at the same time, uh, while while you're mentioning the safe havens in Afghanistan. There were very definitive statements made by President Trump on Pakistan where he too called it out for being a safe haven for terrorist groups. Now, no doubt um, the rhetoric used by President Trump will be a tremendous victory for the Modi government. But at the same time, what does this mean for Pakistan? You know,
1: Trump's uh, criticism of Pakistan has been the clearest, the most harsh and specific. But it's not the first. Uh, Both Obama and Bush had also accused Pakistan of harboring terrorists, who, as they say, kill Americans. And this was obvious when you saw that uh, Osama bin Laden had to be taken out within Pakistan. Uh, Also, when the negotiations with the Taliban were beginning, it was found that Mullah Omar, the head of the Taliban, had died two years ago in Pakistan. So it is well known that Pakistan has provided a safe haven for the Taliban, Uh, but President Trump has been the most harsh in the language that he has used. What the consequences will be uh, will depend on what the follow-up action is, what the U.S. administration now does. Will it cut anti-terror support funds to Pakistan? It has reduced by some... uh, Substantial figures, more than $200 million. Will they withdraw the most favored non-NATO allied status? Unlikely, but it could be the one thing that uh, Pakistan uh, values, uh, which is in the hands of the Americans, to do. Will the United States declare Pakistan state sponsor of terrorism, which India might like? But this is unlikely because the U.S. still depends on taking supplies through Karachi to Afghanistan to resupply the troops that are there, and now it will become more dependent if it does actually increase those troop numbers significantly. Mm -hmm. They also know that eventually peace in Afghanistan depends on Pakistan cooperating, whether at this moment in terms of the shelter to uh, Taliban and their ability to pressure the Taliban to come to talk, uh, but at any time, not uh, because of the long uh, and undetermined border that they have. And in fact, uh, the Pakistan National Security Council met, and it has put forth uh, a set of minimum demands. Uh, it has called for the removal of sanctuaries in Afghanistan, which are used for anti-Pakistan terrorism by the e taliban for instance. They have also said that there is no need for the Americans to be concerned about uh, nuclear weapons in Pakistan, which was an interesting thing that the president referred to uh, because they say that Pakistan is a responsible nuclear weapon state. According to the Pakistani uh, chief of army staff, uh, he made a statement saying that what Pakistan wants is U.S. trust, not its financial assistance. But their most important uh, condition was that there cannot be a role for India in Afghanistan.
0: Hmm. Now, um, given the kind of political turmoil that's occurred in Pakistan in the last uh, month or so, um, do you feel that this statement is coming more as a guiding directive for future governments?
1: You know, uh, Pakistan in a sense seems to have... uh, the political turmoil. After all, the PML government remains in power, even if the Prime Minister, Nawaz Sharif, has been removed. Uh, And of course, there are analysts and supporters of Pakistan who say that this shows that the judiciary works uh, in uh, Pakistan. Of course, that's a very doubtful proposition. But um, the only response from Pakistan that counts is that of the army. And there, uh, the army's response has been quite defiant in saying that they don't care about the financing of anti-terrorist operations. They really want American trust. And from the American side, in a way, uh, it's it's too little, too late, because Pakistan now actually depends on China for financing, especially the uh, China-Pakistan economic corridor. And it counts on China diplomatic support, especially in the U.N. Security Council, and that has been proven time and again, most particularly in the case of uh, China uh, withholding uh, India's entry into the nuclear supply group, unless Pakistan can also come in, uh, as well as on the designation of uh, terrorists from Pakistan by the U.N., The other aspect that I think uh, we need to keep in mind is that uh, today even Russia is courting uh, Pakistan for access to the Taliban because it is itself concerned about its own, uh, you know, southern uh, Muslim republics in which there has been unrest, uh, sometimes higher in the past, but seeming somewhat moderated right now.
0: Hmm. Um, You mentioned that the Chief of Army Staff has said that uh, there should be no role for India in Afghanistan, while President Trump specifically did call on India to help out more in Afghanistan. Now, India has already been a part of many nation-building efforts in Afghanistan. Um, So, what more could we expect India to do in Afghanistan?
1: Keep in mind that even President Trump has called on India to do more in the nation-building, the economic uh, uh, and societal uh, aspects in Afghanistan. India has already invested more than $2 billion in uh, building up infrastructure, restoring electricity to Afghanistan, hospitals, schools, that kind of thing. Uh, But India has also provided training to Afghan National Army troops Uh, by sending training teams to Afghanistan. It has in the past also paid for helicopters, which were supplied to the Afghan army by uh, the Russians, because uh, having some air uh, support is the one missing link for an army that actually has held up quite well in Afghanistan. So apart from more economic support, I think India could step up uh, the training aspects for the army, it could step up some other kinds of provision of uh, veterinary, particularly air support to the extent it can, because trade is completely uh, stymied by the fact that Pakistan will not allow Indian goods uh, intended for Pakistan to transit through its territory.
0: Do you see India seizing the opportunity for a greater strategic partnership with the United States?
1: In its own interests, uh, India should uh, now allow uh, and and display a greater uh, clarity in its uh, strategic outlook, uh, considering the aggressiveness of China uh, and also uh, the less-than-assured friendship uh, of Russia, uh, which India used to enjoy. But it is somewhat moderated by the fact that Russia has now done military exercises with uh, Pakistan. There is often on a report that it will be providing weapons uh, to Pakistan. So in its own interest, yes, I think India needs greater clarity. It should take the opportunity uh, because under the previous president, the joint vision statement really spoke much more about joint perspective and actions in the, to the east of India in the Indo-Pacific uh, region. Uh, and had actually not emphasized the importance of India and the United States working together to the west of India, and especially now that this whole region to the west of India is so disturbed. So I think India should, among other things, really focus on building the Chabahar port and rebuilding its relationship <coughs> with Iran. It should work more closely with the, uh, with partners in the Gulf, which have been very, which have been much more forthcoming than in the past in cooperating uh, on uh, terrorist activities. Uh, not only have uh, a number of uh, people that India had wanted uh, re- returned to uh, India for terrorist activities, but also in intelligence sharing. Uh, so yes, uh, I think India needs to step up uh, because any change in policy towards Afghanistan is a very critical uh, change, even if uh, these are not major changes that are being undertaken by the Americans.
0: Unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for this show. Thank you, Ambassador, for joining us and for sharing these unique comments and insights.
1: Thank you, Veer.
0: If you are interested in listening to more episodes of the Gateway House podcast, please like and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And be sure to follow us on social media on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and more. Thank you.